Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm your host, Mark Adams. I'm one of the writers at 49ers Web Zone. Maybe you've read some of my stuff. If not, you can go there and read all you want about uh, the 49ers. Or you can just keep coming back here and hearing what uh, I have to say about the 49ers. Not that you care, but a lot of times I have some great guests. Uh, had Matt Barrows last week, Akash Anavarathan. Uh, I've had John Chapman here recently. Next week I have Paul Hope. You know him from 49ers UK. And so I'm excited about that, excited about some of the things that we have going on. We're also working on uh, on a big project at 49ers Web Zone that you'll be hearing about later, uh, sometime later this summer probably. So a lot going on. But for today, I wanted to jump in and talk for just a, just a few minutes on the 49ers free agency uh, frenzied stuff, the things that have gone on so far uh, in free agency. So let's get in and let's talk about the 49ers free agency because they've made some some good moves. They've made some big moves. And, uh, and so I, I want to look at how this is going to impact the team moving forward. So a couple of restructures to help clear up cap space uh, as the new season started on March the 15th. So they restructured Charvarius Ward, which freed up about $10 million uh, of cap space for this season. Also restructured Fred Warner. That cleared up about $9.5 million. Uh, so those uh, those are big thing, big big moves to help clear up cap space. But it's also important to notice who they uh, are, are restructuring because they don't. You don't want to restructure a player who's on the downside that they might not have uh, because what they're doing is they're taking salary, they're taking uh, all of this stuff, and they're kind of moving some of it back later. And what what that does, if you're not careful, is that it could put you in a situation where where you have like the 49ers years ago had, were in salary cap hell, where they had put off and put off and put off until the point that they had all of these aging players in the late 90s, early 2000s, all of these aging players. I think uh, 99 was was the season that this really started kind of falling apart. So you had guys like uh, like Tim McDonald and some of these older guys. Uh, I don't want to don't mean to just point out Tim McDonald, but um, the, it's just the first name that popped in my head. But they started putting off all of these salaries. And what happened was these guys are getting older and they're not as productive, but they're still, you know, making big salaries and, and having to pay uh, because you're you're saving money on them now, but you're paying on them later. So it's like credit card debt. And so it's just not the best way to run a team. But if you do it right, it can be effective. And thankfully, the 49ers have Parag in their front office, and he's pretty much a star when it comes to this stuff. So, uh, so two players that have been restructured so far, and both players uh, are not, uh, neither of them are on the downside of their career. So that's a good thing. So let's look at who they have signed or re signed. The first person that they re signed. Uh, or did anything with was Tashawn Gibson. They gave him a one-year deal. Uh, Gibson had a, a a really good 2022. I mean, they picked him up off the street as they're coming into the season, you know, because Jimmy Ward was hurt. And so he was a good veteran presence. He mentored Talanoa Hufanga. 
I would guess that the 49ers will probably uh, draft a safety. And so hopefully we'll see uh, Tashawn Gibson mentor that player the same way that uh, he did before. Uh, the question is, can he play at a high level like he did last season? He can't cover ground quite as much. He doesn't miss tackles. I mean, he's a, he's strong in that in that area, but his weakness is covering, you know, coverage deep down. You know, when there's when there's going to be uh, a, a pass that's down the field, you know, and and you need a, a safety who's rangy and who can make big plays in the passing game down the field, that's not his game because he lacks some of the speed, you know, because he is an older player. And and so I, I think the 49ers will miss Jimmy Ward uh, in that area. I was hoping that they might upgrade at free safety, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen now that Tashawn Gibson is coming back and especially not going to happen uh, considering the – first player that they signed who wasn't a re-signing and that was Javon Hargrave. Four years, 84 million, 40 million guaranteed, but Javon Hargrave is a big time player and this is going to be a lot of fun. He just took this defensive line and upgraded it. In 2019, this was the best defensive line in the NFL. They just terrorized quarterbacks. They've kind of fallen off since then. And even though Nick Bosa is playing at a really high level and Eric Armstead is still playing well, when they lost to Forrest Buckner, they lost a huge cog in that machine. When they lost DJ Jones, they lost another huge cog. And so to bring in Javon Hargrave is really a big move by the 49ers. And so I'm excited about this. It hurts the Eagles and it helps the 49ers. When you compare uh, DeForest Buckner to Javon Hargrave, of course, everybody loves Buckner and wishes that the 49ers still had Buckner. That wasn't uh, a trade that I was crazy about. Um, you know, a lot of times people say, well, Javon Kinlaw never measured up to Buckner. He was never going to measure up. They drafted Kinlaw to replace Buckner in a sense, but part of that deal also made it, uh, made it possible to bring back Jimmy Ward at that time. So it wasn't just a Buckner for uh, Kinlaw, trade it was Buckner leaving and bringing back uh Jimmy Ward and drafting Javon Kenlaw so it was kind of a two for one but Kenlaw's just not done anything and so if he was a serviceable player if he had been a player who was actually playing and actually starting games then maybe it would be different he wouldn't have to live up to DeForest Buckner but Kenlaw's barely even played and so that's the problem. But Javon, uh, Javon uh, Hargrave has barely missed any game. So he's like the he's like the anti um, uh, the anti Kinlaw. He actually plays, and not only that, but he really brings some pass pressure, uh, some quarterback pressure, some sacks. L listen, he had sixty six quarterback pressures in twenty twenty two. He has 22 sacks over the last two seasons. Now, he's going to take a lot of pressure off Nick Bosa. He's going to take pressure off of Eric Armstead. Imagine 
being an offensive coordinator and having to figure out how you're going to block Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. They're going to have to double Bosa. They're going to have to double Hargrave. And so I would expect Eric Armstead to really be the benefactor of this and to have a big season. Not only that, but if Drake Jackson or whoever comes in and is the the main starter or uh, at the edge opposite of Bosa or whoever's on those passing downs, they're going to have a really big advantage because they're not going to face any double teams because it's all going to be going to Hargrave and Bosa. And so that's going to be a big advantage to them. I think this is a big advantage to the 49ers defense overall, especially the secondary, because now the defensive line is going to put more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we'll see how they, uh, if they blitz as often. I don't know if they are going to blitz. At, they'll, they'll probably blitz as often, but I don't know that they're going to blitz more. But we'll see how that, you know, if they're going to bring more linebackers, more DBs at times. But I think the 49ers defense is going to feast on quarterbacks this season. Uh, so the question is does this make Javon Kinlaw a rotational piece or a trade piece? I think that if you have Javon Kinlaw as a rotational piece, that's a pretty solid. Uh, you know, a rotation part, you know, because they, they also brought back Kevin Givens, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second, but they're bringing back and they're rebuilding that defensive line, which had kind of tailed off uh, in, in, in 2022. So it's going to be fun to see. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Javon Kinlaw. Are they going to trade him? Or are they going to just bring him back and he's going to be a rotational piece? I like what DeForest Buckner told Michael Silver uh, when he was asked about the Hargrave signing. He said, just funny how they literally gave him the same contract. If you look at the two contracts, they are the same. Um, but uh, I actually think that that Hargrave is better as a pass rusher than Buckner. And uh, I think that the, the numbers uh, back that up. I don't know if he's as good all around as Buckner, but as a pass rusher, he's going to be uh, even better than Buckner was. So I mentioned that they're bringing back Kevin Givens. They re-signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, Givens is a great rotational PC, always seems to make the most of his time on the field. And so I'm glad to see that they brought him back. He was a restricted free agent, so most likely next season he's going to be an unrestricted free agent who's going to test what the, the free agency waters uh, next year in 2024, unless they extend him or something like that, which is possible. But I would say more likely that, uh, that he ends up being a unrestricted free agent next season. So here's the, the really interesting thing that they did. I mean, the biggest thing that they did was, uh, was Javon Hargrave. But the other thing that they did that I found really interesting was that they signed Sam Darnold to a one-year uh, contract. The quarterback, Sam Darnold, formerly uh, a first-round pick in, I think, 2018, I believe that was the season. I, I thought initially, my, my thought was, this is an excellent choice for a third-string quarterback. He uh, he's always had the talent, but he's just mostly been in in, in bad situations. In fact, I found uh, I saw this tweet from uh, Eric Branch, 
He said Sam Darnold has played for four head coaches and five offensive coordinators in five seasons. Of Darnold's ex-coaches, just one, Tampa Bay's Todd Bowles, is currently an NFL head coach. So four head coaches in his five years, and only Todd Bowles is still a head coach. But listen to this. Of Darnold's offensive coordinators, none is presently an NFL coordinator. So Sam Darnold had five offensive coordinators in five seasons, and none of them are still uh, offensive coordinators. It's kind of like what Alex Smith faced. I mean, where he was like, what was it? He had like six offensive coordinators in his first five or six seasons or something like that. It was, it was just nuts. And it wasn't until he got Jim Harbaugh that he actually started becoming a good quarterback, a really good quarterback, in fact. Not the kind of, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type that you're going to build your team around, but he was a really good quarterback for the 49ers, and then he went on and played really well for the Chiefs and, and then in Washington. So it just shows you how important it is to have the right coaches. And so we look at Sam Darnold, and he hasn't had – any help. He hasn't had much talent around him. He's had bad coaches. Uh, I, I mean, one of his coaches was Adam Gase, right? And so that's bad. That guy's terrible. The only time he was any good was when he had Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning was his own coach. He was his own offensive coordinator. So Adam Gase got a head coach gig because of Peyton Manning and then showed that he was terrible as a head coach and terrible as an offensive coordinator. That's who Sam Darnold had. That's one of the ones he's had. Now he's going to be in Kyle Shanahan's system. The guy who is famous for making quarterbacks look good because of his scheme. Sam Darnold is also going to have weapons. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. Just, I mean, th that's, that's better than anything that he's had before. And so this is going to be really huge for, uh, for the 49ers because initially I was like, okay, he's definitely a a QB three. He's only two years older than Brock Purdy. So he's 25. He's still a young guy. And, and so I think he still has a lot of development that can take place, but here's the thing. The last couple of days I've been hearing, you would expect fans to be saying, Oh, well, well if Brock Purdy's not ready, then Sam Darnold's going to be QB one instead of Trey Lance. You know, you hear a lot of that stuff from fans. But I've been hearing this from media people and not necessarily anyone close to the team, but people who know more than the average fan, I would say. And so I still don't agree with that. I don't believe that Sam Darnold is going to take Trey Lance's place. I don't think that he's going to leapfrog Trey. But here's the thing. Brock Purdy obviously had his surgery. All accounts are that it went well and that he's going to be back in September at some point. I know some believe that it's it's not likely that he's going to be back for week one. Maybe it's going to be a few weeks into it. But there are some that are saying it's going to be even later. Like I heard Rich Gannon say on, on a podcast, I, I don't even remember which one it was because it was just a clip that I heard, 
where he's saying that Brock Purdy, he doesn't think he's going to be back until like December. Now, Rich Gannon's not a doctor, and I don't know if he entirely understands the, the surgical procedure that Brock Purdy had, but let's say that Purdy doesn't come back in week one or even in week three or four. Let's say that it is October or something like that. Then in my opinion, this is going to be Trey Lance's team. It's going to be his opportunity to show what he can do. But there are some who believe that Sam Darnold will steal that job from Trey Lance. I still don't think so, but it's going to be interesting to see. And if Sam Darnold, who was drafted in the first round, so obviously there were, were teams that believed he had first-round talent, if he's able to show that he does have that, still have that first-round talent, and Kyle Shanahan can get it out of him, it might be a, an interesting race there to, to see who can really make that uh that leap, whether it's Trey Lance or, uh, or Sam Darnold, you know, and then, you know, what happens when Brock Purdy is healthy and he comes back, if Darnold or Lance are struggling, then, then it's definitely Purdy's team. But if either of, uh, of those other two quarterbacks are playing and they're playing well and the 49ers are winning, you know, that Kyle Shanahan is going to stay with the hot hand. So that's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens. It's, it's going to be scary to see because the 49ers are a Super Bowl worthy team and one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl and yet we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be so it's the it's just this continuing soap opera so the 49ers also re-signed Jake Brendel uh to a 4-year deal this is a big re-signing uh, so they're basically bringing back their entire offensive line, except for Mike McGlinchey, who they lost, uh, who got paid really, really well. And so right tackle is going to be their only new starter. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Colton McKivitz, uh, especially with the fact that not only he's coming back, but they're they're paying him to to be there. And they're it's not going to be a practice squad kind of thing. He's he's likely going to be the starter unless they make some other kind of move, which is doubtful because of the money that they've spent so far. So it looks like it's going to be Colton McKivitz most likely. So he's going to be the only new starter and he's played with this team and he's started with this team before. So it's, it's not like it's a brand new guy. Um, so I think that that's really good because the offensive line uh, has a chance to continue gelling together so this is a positive thing. I, I, I like that they brought back Jake Brendel. He was a Pro Bowl alternate. Um, he, I, I think that one thing that he needs to get better at, he actually held up well in the passing game. So from a pass protection standpoint, he did well. The thing that he needs to get better at is, is blocking in the run game. And that's really important for a Shanahan offense. So, but they they really like what they saw in, in Jake Brendel. They liked when they brought him in, they liked what they saw. Kyle Shanahan even said he's better than expected. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot that they like about him. And uh, and I think that uh that they're happy that they brought him back. So if they're happy with it, then I'm going to trust that, uh, that that's the right deal for them. But I, I, I was glad to see Brendel come back. The next thing they did 
is they signed Cleland Farrell uh, from the Raiders to a one-year deal. Uh, he's a reclamation project, former first-rounder. I believe he was picked fourth overall. Um, he had 10 sacks in four years with the Raiders, so not good. Not good at all. Uh, yeah, number four over, overall pick in 2019. That was the year that Bosa was taken number two. So so Cleland was taken uh, number four. In, uh, in Last season in 2022, he had a 9.2 pass rate uh, efficiency. So I think Charles Amenahu, Arden Key, um, th- those are the kinds of, of, of comps that I would think uh, about maybe Kerry Hyder Jr. Uh, when he first came to the 49ers, not so much this last time. But this is a guy who, again, first round talent, taken high, way too high, uh, especially for how he's turned out. Uh, but now he can come in and he's not a high draft pick that that has the pressure on him to perform. So now he can come into the 49ers who have a really good defensive line and he can just find his place, whether that's as a depth piece or as a starter. At this point, I don't really know what to expect. I don't know if he's going to be a starter or if he's just going to be a rotational player. So that'll be kind of interesting to see uh, which way they uh, they uh, fall there. But I, I think that this is going to be good, especially with Chris Kosarek, who is known to get the most out of defensive linemen. Now, he hasn't hasn't hit the ball out of the park with every single one. You know, there's uh, Dion Jordan uh, was one, and obviously Javon Kinlaw is another. So he hasn't struck gold on on every single guy that he's had come in. But by and large, he's he's really taken defensive linemen from where they are to a to a higher level. And so if he can do this with Cleland Farrell, then then I think that that's uh, this could be a really good signing. And so we'll see how that uh, how that turns out. They also brought in uh, slot corner Isaiah Oliver and signed him to a, a two year deal. Uh, first, I saw it as a one year deal, but then I saw somebody, one of the beat writers, reported that it was a two year deal. He spent uh, uh, Oliver spent the last five seasons in uh, Atlanta, and so. He played, uh, Akash Anavarathan tweeted that he played 262 snaps in the slot last season for Atlanta and finished with five pass breakups and one interception. So he's probably going to uh, compete with Samuel Womack for that number one uh, slot corner spot, which if this is the only corner starting caliber corner that the 49ers sign that tells me that they really like Diamador Lenore and that they hope to have him on the opposite side of Charvarius Ward. And so if that's the case and Lenore stays outside, then I would expect um, Oliver and uh, Womack to compete for that slot job. Now, Leo Luna told, uh, tweeted that uh, these coverage stats from last season, Jimmy Ward, uh, was at 81.4% completion allowed. Isaiah Oliver was at 68.4 completion percentage allowed. Jimmy Ward gave up a passer rating of 94, uh, where, where Isaiah Oliver gave up a passer rating of 72.4. Uh, 
Jimmy Ward had three picks and allowed four touchdowns. Oliver had one pick and allowed zero touchdowns. So that uh, is interesting. Now there's probably more to the story, you know, I mean, Oliver, I don't know how he is in the run game. Uh, how he, I don't know if he tackles like Jimmy Ward. I, I don't, I don't know anything, you know, very much about him. I do remember he picked off uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the game last season uh, in Atlanta. But other than that, I don't know much about this guy, but from what we're seeing so far, he seems to be a, a guy that, that could come in when the starting uh, corner position or slot corner position and do really well with it. So if you consider that he did well last season in Atlanta without the kind of surrounding cast uh, and supporting cast that, uh, that he'll have in San Francisco, that says a lot to how well he could perform in San Francisco. So I think he's a little bit bigger uh, than uh, maybe some of the uh, the guys they've had in the past. Uh, probably not Jimmy Ward, but uh, but I, th- I think he potentially could be an upgrade over Jimmy Ward, uh, but probably not. I mean, Ward Ward's really good, and, and I think the 49ers' defense is going to miss him. But I'm guessing Isaiah Oliver wins that over Samuel Womack. But we'll have to see. It's it's going to be fun to watch. So what holes do the 49ers still need to fill? Well, I I had originally that they needed a right tackle. I thought someone other than Colton McKivitz, but it looks to me like that's where they're going to go. Uh, so I took that off the list. I had center, uh, but they're bringing back Jake Brendel. Um, I had free safety, but they're bringing back Tashawn Gibson. Uh, I had defensive tackle, and they've addressed that with Hargrave and um, and with bringing back Givens. So Edge uh, was one of the others. Now, obviously, I mentioned that they brought in uh, Cleland Farrell, but I don't know if he's going to be the starter or not. I don't know if Drake Jackson is going to be the, the starter or not. So I still have Edge as a need because – even if they're not going to bring in a starter, they still need to bring in uh, some somebody to to rotate, you know, some for some depth. I also have cornerback. Um, I again, I don't think that they're going to bring in a starting corner that's going to replace Diamador Lenore. If that happened, that would push Lenore to the <clears throat> to the slot, but uh, to the to the nickel. But I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. I, I think that any corner probably that they bring in is going to be uh, for depth. And so I, I may take corner off of the, the holes left to fill. Um, so corner and edge, you know, sure, we'd like for them to upgrade. You know, that would be great. But you can't pay big money to everybody. So my guess is those are going to be depth players that they bring in. They're probably still going to bring in depth players at uh, uh, defensive tackle. And maybe they'll do this through the draft and not necessarily um, through free agency. I'd like to see uh, them bring in a a tight end, and, and this may happen in the draft another tight end that can really catch the ball and be a threat. I think Kyle Shanahan wants that. And I think that if he has it, it's going to be huge. And also they need a kicker. I mean, Robbie gold is, is still unsigned. 
So I'm not sure if they're going to bring him in or not, but uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to see, but they, but they definitely need a kicker. I'd like to see them bring gold back, but I just don't know if, at that price, uh, if they're going to be able to do that or not. So that's all that I have uh, as far as this goes. I'd love for you to put in your comments what uh, what you think I left out, uh, if, if there are things that you would add to what I've said. And so if you're enjoying the content that we are bringing to you, if you're getting something out of it and you enjoy the guests that we have, then I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to go, if you're watching on YouTube, to go to the 49ers Camelot channel. And I want you to hit that subscribe button. And then once you do, there's going to appear a little bell. And I want you to click that bell and then pick the word all. That way, what's going to happen is anytime we put out new content, you're going to get alerted to that. And the reason is that we don't want you to miss anything. We A lot of times we're going to be going live and we want you to join us live so that we can hear from you. And and uh, and, and if you comment, we're going to put you into, uh, into the live uh, part of our show. And so that uh, we want you to be a part of that. And also it's going to help us uh, reach more people and help other 49er fans find us. If you're watching this on, on iTunes or, or uh, wherever you, you listen, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, just jump in there and, and follow us, give us a rating, give us a review, tell the world that, that, that we're okay to listen to. We would appreciate that. Uh, so again, thanks so much for your support. And uh, thanks for joining us for the 49ers Camelot Show. Looking forward to next week uh, having Paul Hope and uh, just all, this, all the other things that we're going to be doing. Everybody have a great week.